0: Welcome to the Rock Your World Naturally Show, sharing God's prescription for total health in spirit, soul, and body. I'm your host, Rakesia McMillan, award-winning author, Air Force veteran, and total health coach. I'm passionate about sharing biblical truth, scientific research, and practical lifestyle approaches to help heal your world naturally. In this exclusive interview, I had the opportunity to host Jake Shoemate. Jake has worked as a firefighter and paramedic for 15 years and has witnessed that most of the illness that people experience could be avoided. In response, Jake created Joy Bus Journeys to inspire people to live a healthy life through eating delicious, nutritious food, experiencing simple adventure, and caring for the environment. Joy Bus Joy is an online show highlighting restaurants that are creating amazing food through non conventional means, such as locally sourced ingredients, using only organic produce, sharing vegan or gluten free recipes. Jake had his own health crisis 10 years ago when he discovered some powerful ways to get and stay healthy. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome to the show a firefighter on a health mission, Jake Shoemate. Welcome to the Rock Your World Naturally show. I'm your host, Rakesia McMillan, Certified Integrative Nutrition Health Coach. My assignment is to help individuals live happier, healthier, more productive lives. And today I am so excited to have a very special guest on the show, none other than Mr. Jake Shoemate. So those of you that may not be familiar with Jake, he is a health champion, and he's going to be sharing some great information about what he does to share and promote the health message. So welcome to the show, Jake.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So glad that we could bring the coasts together from your coast to my coast. Absolutely,
0: (laughs) from the east to the west. (laughs) Right. So, so glad to be hosting you on the show today, Jake. And before we get into the show, can you just let our audience know what are you doing in your world right now that is rocking your world naturally?
1: Yeah, I mean, gosh, I, I live that. That's that's my motto. So um, I think right now the focus for me is on my mental health well being. It's been a very long couple of weeks, and so what's rocking my world is to get outside and to be quiet. So this morning I went for a stand-up paddleboard here in the harbor close by, and uh, that just, you know, that detoxifies my mind. Uh, I mean, exercise is obviously good, and then just trying to get outside. So the diet's usually pretty tight for me. So If you know, and sometimes one thing falls apart, and so you got to work on that. So the mental side of things for me right now is definitely where I'm putting some of my a lot of my energy. So that's getting outside and doing some exercise. It sometimes just going for a walk this morning. Luckily, the weather was nice and I did a a little stand-up paddle for me. So that's Mm -hmm. what's rocking my world. Naturally, right now is uh, what's in between my ears
0: working on that. I love it. I love it. And you know, May we're just coming off of the cusp of Mental Health Awareness Month, and June is uh, PTSD Awareness Month. So the focus on mental health, you know, is so important. So I'm just very glad to hear that you are being proactive in those areas and just taking some of those measures to keep your mind healthy and doing some of those things that you love and enjoy. And I've always wanted to do the stand-up paddle. Oh, you can do it. You
1: should do it this summer. That should be what drop you. in your world. You would say, this is from Jake and the Joy Bus doing some stand-up paddle. Just make yeah. sure everybody's videoing so that we can laugh at you when you fall in because that's always fun. So. You
0: know, I have my husband video this for me, but last year um, we didn't get much beach time in, but I would love to do that. Put that on my to-do list now that things are kind of getting back to some sense of, of normalcy in our world of, of COVID-19. So I've, I've got to put that the, on
1: The mind. great thing about stand-up paddleboarding is that the boards are so big and that really anybody can anybody can do it and so you just get a, a, a big board that's wide that's thick and then you don't even, I mean you don't have to know how to surf or whatever if you can kind of stand up you can pretty much stand up on the stand-up paddleboard it'll take you a couple minutes you're going to fall in a few times but it's one of the great things about stand-up paddle boards is you don't even I mean you don't even have to be athletic to do it it's really fun easy it gets you up you know above the water a little bit so it's great it's a great view and To do it in community with other folks is a lot of fun just to get out there. So then you can, because if you try to surf and have a conversation, it doesn't work because every time you say, hey, I got this (laughs) a wave will come in and then you're going to take it. So you never have a conversation when you're surfing, but stand up powerboarding is great for that.
0: No doubt. Well, you are definitely challenging as well as encouraging me to uh, give that a try this summer. Oh
1: boy. Or come to California and I'll take you.
0: Hey, you know, (laughs) maybe so. So in addition to, you know, paddle boarding, Jake, you are a firefighter and a paramedic. Um, How long have you been doing that?
1: So the department I work for right now, I've been doing that about 16 years as a firefighter paramedic. I've been in pre-hospital care about 20. So you work as an EMT first, and then you kind of go through the training. So what I've been doing, uh, what I'm doing right now for 16 years.
0: Oh, wow. So with that job, you know, it is such a vital part of, and I experienced that um, a couple of months ago, uh, my husband and I actually got COVID. So we had to call upon the paramedics for his healthcare and the level of care, concern, and just the compassion that they showed um, during that very scary incident that we went through. And so great appreciation for your, your profession, highly respect what you do, because not everyone can, can do that, <laughs> you know, um, saving lives um, and, and being there for individuals. So how did you actually get into that career field, Jake?
1: Yeah, well, so I had a couple other careers prior to that. Um, But when I was in high school, I went and I was I've always loved the outdoors. So rock climbing or mountain biking or hiking. That was my thing. I was just I was just not (laughs) athletically inclined. So I was not the guy playing baseball or basketball or anything like that. But when I found climbing when actually when I was in middle school was this thing that I was like, this is I'm actually good at. I enjoy it. I love being outside and um so then when I was in high school I really got into it and I realized though is that somebody could get hurt out there you know you're climbing and you're in the middle of nowhere so I wanted to know how to help people so as an ROP program which is like a training uh for kids on how do you like whether become an auto mechanic or whatever it's kind of more of like a hands-on uh regional job occupation I think is what it stands for and I took this EMT class when I was in in high school. and I loved it. I just thought this is the coolest thing. The body is so cool and being able to help people and then knowing what to do at an emergency, I just thought it was really neat. Um, but everything's based out of an ambulance and all of that when you're an EMT. And so uh, maybe five or six years later, I actually went and got this wilderness EMT, which is like how you can help people, when you're really in the middle of nowhere and you can't call 911 mm. and somebody shows up, and so always really enjoyed doing that part of it. I had my own rock climbing guide service for a while, and and so it was something that we did a little bit. Um, and then through some career shifts and getting laid off and all that kind of stuff in my mid twenties, I had to realize, I had to think. I was like, well, what am I going to do with my life? And a friend of ours was a captain uh, at the Anaheim Fire Department here, which is where Disneyland is and stuff. And I went and did a, a ride along with him. And he was just an incredible man and showed me just the honor that it is to be a firefighter. And that just, that hooked me. And then, you know, when you're in your mid-20s, you kind of have to start over sometimes. And so, you know, I went through the fire academy, paid my own way through the fire academy, paid my own way through the uh, paramedic program, actually failed out of paramedic school the first time. It's very like, it's super gnarly that you can't get below an 80% on a test, and otherwise you fail out. And so I just was not a good enough student to take in tons and tons of information. And then the next day to regurgitate it. So I had to become a better student, took a year off, trained my brain on how to do that, went back through paramedic school, did really well. And then where I did my internship is actually where I work. So you have to do 22 shifts as like, you know, as Uh, you're working as a paramedic, but you have a preceptor there to make sure you don't kill anybody. Right. And so, uh, so I did that. And so it was just this way that I, I had this passion and desire to really help people as in healthcare. And I liked, I liked that I could intervene in the moment and really make a big difference. So yeah, that's, that's just really through, through a a job loss and having to re Mm. kind of reconsider what I liked in my life.
0: Wow. That's an awesome, path you know everyone has their path their journey of how they end up where they're at and you know having those other people in our lives that are important that influence Mm -hmm. us even in our our younger years to kind of help us to find out what it is we want to do when we grow up you know in life so to speak so that's a a great great story and it just has so much um, um correlation to what you're doing now so you're a fired fighter fighter paramedic and you're also a health champion yes, um, which also involves like the great scope of, of helping people and so can you share a little bit about what you do as a health champion and, and your passion and just um what it is that you do jake
1: yeah thanks so you know, when I first started in the fire service, what we ate was, you know, one of the things that we like to do as firefighters, we like to eat. And so I always joke with people like, wh- where do you always see the firemen? If you don't see them at the fire station, we're at the grocery store. This is just where we're at. And so when I first started, though, what we ate was generally some kind of a protein generally had, to, you know, was some kind of cheap cut of meat, whatever was on sale, some kind of a starch usually involved potatoes. So that would be like, you know, tater tots or something like that. And then maybe if we got crazy, a little bit of fruit on the side, two liters of soda, and then a thing of ice cream. And so mm-hmm. in the early in my career, this is just kind of what we ate. And I got used to this. And um, but then I about five years into my own career, I gained a lot of weight, I wasn't healthy, I wasn't able to climb anymore. I just kind of lost my health mojo. Uh, a friend of mine was a naturopath. And I went and I saw him And he started talking me through some stuff and just kind of out of the box things that most of us really have no idea about, you know, even your doctor doesn't know about because your doctor doesn't get any nutritional training when they go to medical school. So don't really take your doctor's medical advice. You know, that's Mm -hmm. yeah, that's just how it is because they don't have the training. Um, and so he helped me through some things. And one of the things that he talked to me about was going gluten-free. And he had this story about his brother who actually had a blood clot in his leg. They put him on blood thinners, nothing was helping him. And then his, his brother's own doctor, not, not my friend says, well, why don't you try this gluten-free diet? I just am reading these things about blood clots and how it really will help decrease, you know, this blood clot possibly. So the brother gets off of the wheat, which is gluten is what's in wheat. It's in, it's in everything. Pretty much. Um, and his blood clot went away. And my buddy, who's the naturopath, is like, well, if he would have asked me, he would have told me, but he's my brother. So he doesn't ever ask me <laughs> anything, right? It's the whole siblings
0: thing. <laughs> of course. It just,
1: it just opened up my eyes to think, well, what am I eating that might be messing with me? And one of the things that I experienced when I eat wheat, like I would eat pizza or whatever, is I couldn't get my wedding ring off. Like my fingers would swell up so much mm. that I couldn't get my rings off. And I was like, okay, well, if that's doing that to my fingers, what is it doing to my, my organs and my heart and my back? So I said, I'm gonna try it. So I got off the gluten and I felt so incredibly, so incredible. I was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. It took a couple of weeks. I literally like had to detox off of this wheat and it opened up my eyes to think, okay, that maybe the way that I'm living is not the right way. And I've always kind of been into alternative medicine, which which is you know outside of the box thinking but it's just not western medicine it's just what not what we're used to in the united states and so that began this journey for me of changing the way that i eat and and digging into understanding about food and nutrition and then at the same time we had this culture shift in our fire department where that said wait wait no more we're not drinking soda anymore we're not putting the you know the coffee make creamer in our creamers anymore because we started doing these tests, blood tests, and everybody had high cholesterol and people are overweight. And it was like, wait, wait, this is not working well. And so that began the process of my own journey and losing like 50 pounds and getting back to the vitality that I wanted and to run and to climb and all that but then what I was doing at the same time is that I began to observe people um, in their natural habitat. And that's the thing as a firefighter paramedic that we get to do is that like, when you called 911, we came to your house, right? And yes. you know, we came here to your, to your husband. We look around, we see what is you know, what does it look like? Is it dirty? Is it clean? Um, and so I began to observe patients that I thought, you know what, you shouldn't be sick. And it's with these chronic diseases, uh, diseases like type two diabetes, with heart disease, with hypertension, uh, with strokes, all of these things are totally preventable um, if you change the way that you live. And so I started looking at people and like I had a patient a couple of weeks ago, this guy was in his late thirties. He was probably 150 pounds overweight at least. Uh, he was already a type two diabetic, he had hypertension, and he was at car- he was having cardiac symptoms, meaning he was like, something was going on in his heart, it wasn't functioning the way that it was supposed to. And I'm thinking, hey, bud, you're 37 years old, you shouldn't be having any of these diseases. And I began to correlate the health and well-being of people with what how they lived. So what they ate, what they consumed in their mind, and the way that their house looked. So if you, especially in COVID, this was tough, that when people sat around and they ate crappy food, and when I call it crappy food, it's pretty much anything out of a box or any, you know, out of a bag or something like that that when you read the ingredients, you're like, I don't even know what any of this is. This sounds like it could be a part for my car or something. And so, um, that I just began to see people and I saw people like with stacks of Vienna sausage and cans, Doritos and diet Coke. And I could, I began to correlate that if this is how you ate, then you are going to have these symptoms. And um I just I broke my heart for people and I had my own experience where I'm like wait wait you don't have to do that you don't have to live that way anymore you can have change like I have changed but I also wanted people to have a light-hearted fun entertaining show that they could go on and say well wait a minute I, I'm not gluten-free but I don't you know maybe I'm no need to eat gluten-free and it's like yeah maybe you don't maybe you don't have the sense like I have, but there are incredible restaurants out there that are doing healthy food. That's all gluten-free that you could go eat, see how you feel. And, um, the ingredients are that much better for you. So we go to all kinds of places. So I created an online show called joy bus journeys. I'm cruise around in my 1973 Volkswagen bus, also known as the joy bus, because everybody smiles and laughs. Everybody loves a Volkswagen bus. Um, yeah. and so we just travel yeah. around and we go to, um, restaurants, we go to farms, Uh, We go to places that are doing things differently. So it's not, I'm not about, you have to be a vegan or you have to be keto or you have to be paleo. What I want to do is I want to show folks out there that the way that they can eat healthy food, that's delicious and Mm -hmm. it's accessible and you can make it at home. And we also want to show folks that there's uh, where their food comes from, because are the marketing in the grocery store is awesome and so you can go buy some eggs and all eggs look the same and they all come in a little carton that's got an, you know a happy chicken on it with a farm but
0: yeah. the reality
1: is that many of those chickens are not raised in a way that any of us would want to live and that reflects in the nutritional value that's inside of that egg so just trying to help people understand, hey, this is how you can go to the grocery store and get healthy food. Here's some restaurants you can go to have healthy food. This is what a, a, a farm looks like that's raising food the right way. And they're really just simple adventure that people can have because um, like I'd shared you know, what am I doing to kind of rock my world a little bit? Mental, you know, health-wise is to deal with my mental side. And that comes through adventure. That comes from being outside. That means, you know, through being in community. And so we take this, we film it. It's super high-end. You know, it's not me and my iPhone, you know, editing. We've got super, we have professional editors that edit the show. And we just go around and tell people's story. And so it doesn't matter if you're on the East Coast or the West Coast. There are places all across the world, all across this country, that are doing food differently that you could go to and eat Or go to the farm, or and we all go to the grocery store. So, when we go to the grocery store, at least to have some insight of how do I buy, or what should I buy, and how do I make it delicious. So, that is the long form of what I'm all about and what Joy Bus Journeys is all about through the perspective of a crazy fireman. So,
0: (laughs) and I absolutely love it, Jake. I love just so many aspects of the work you're doing. Uh, particularly the area of connecting with community. I think that is just so important that you're going out, you're reaching out, whether it's to a farm, whether it's to a restaurant that is providing those healthy alternatives to really give people an insight into where our food comes Comes from and how it really affects our overall health. So I think it's bringing a great level of education to individuals regarding, you know, our food. And so, with you traveling on uh, the joy bus that I've seen it, and as soon as I saw your picture when you sent it to me, my face just lit up like, wow, how cool is that? <laughs> you know, it does bring hey. a lot of joy. It's just like a What's really cool thing. Um, To be able to see the joy bus and then the work you're doing in the community to spread that joy, along with sharing the message of health so it's it's just a a winning combination.
1: Well, thank you well the other thing too that people don't realize is that there's so much argument about the environment, right? So we're going to, oh, is this global warming true or not true? And ha- all these kind of things. That, and we don't get into any of that. But what is the truth, no matter what, is that when you buy healthy food, you buy organic food, you buy food from your farmer's market, regenerative farms, it's helping the planet. And so if we don't do anything about um, agriculture, all of us could drive electric cars and it won't matter. Because the biggest polluter in the world is through agriculture. And so to be able to show folks, hey, if you buy this egg from this pasture raised place that's doing regenerative farming, that's actually putting nutrients back into the soil, we're talking about carbon sequestering, that they're actually sequestering more carbon than they put out and all these things. So not only are you getting a super healthy and nutritious egg or whatever it is, but you're also helping the planet. And so this really simple idea for folks is that every time that you go to the grocery store, you're voting and you're voting by what you spend your money on. And so if you buy pasture raised or regenerative or organic at the minimum, you're telling all of those buyers out there, this is a value to me and this is what we want and they're gonna find more. And that's like how Costco did it. Costco is one of the largest sellers of organic anything on the planet right now. And it's because we would go to Costco and there was an option of these beans are regular beans and here's organic beans. And I'm gonna pay 50 cents more for the organic beans. And the buyer at Costco goes, hey, those beans are selling really good, the organic ones. We should buy more (laughs) organic stuff. And next thing you know, it's growing, it's growing, it's growing and we've created a revolution by just the way we spend our money. And it's really simple. You don't got to mm-hmm. protest. You don't have to yell and scream. You don't do any of that. All you have to do is choose when you go to the grocery store. Hey, I'm to buy this instead of this. And it's good for you. And it's delicious. So it feels mm-hmm. like a win to me.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I'm a huge supporter of farmer's markets. So whenever I pass by one, I just get this, oh. this, itch. I got to stop by and just visit it. Yes. And- you know, go inside um, because it is. It's it's supporting our local farmers. It's supporting community business, and like you shared, Jake, that the environmental impact that agriculture has on our planet. You know, it's it's something that we should all, even if we can do a little a little part, uh, because every little bit does help towards creating a better world, creating a better planet so for those of you that are listening who have not visited your farmers markets just stop by and just kind of see what that experience is like and you know pick up a few things again just uh, whether it's food whether it's to support and uh, you'll be doing something good for yourself as well as local community by supporting our local farmers markets.
1: Yeah it's super fun I, I get the same way I drive past and I'm like I don't really need anything but I just want to see what they got, <laughs> yes. they really got this, you know the world's best strawberries or something there like that you go. <laughs> and we you know you go to the grocery store and you can't ever find anybody to help you you know you're like want to ask mm. a question it's so sterile but yeah. what's fun is when you go like even when you go to the farm because we filmed at a few farms so we filmed at this place called Primal Pastures uh it's, it's in kind of Riverside North San Diego area, and they're doing this regenerative farming. And you go visit, you go visit them. You can see how they raise chickens for eggs, chickens for meat. You can see how they raise the lamb. You can see for yourself, like, hey, here's the grass where they're doing it. And the grass, this okay, like this looks way healthier here. Why is this so much healthier? The like the vibe or the energy or whatever you want to call it that's there is, is like intoxicating. And we filmed um, at a place called Sand and Straw Farm, this tiny little eight acres regenerative farm one family owns it they grow everything from mangoes to kale uh, to apples all in this little nine acres and you can go to their farm stand and you can ask them hey when did you pick this and what is this and what i don't know what this is and how do you cook this you know and then we just filmed at a place the episode's not out yet at this happy hens farm which is in east county san diego the nation's number one rated egg. And to walk out there, they have 10,000 chickens that are running around. And there was a, we pulled out into this pasture and like the chickens literally came up to the bus (laughs) like dogs and they, well, a couple of them got in the bus, you know, and it was just so fun. And you can sense like that, this is what a healthy animal looks like. And that translates into the planet. And then that also translates into the nutrient density of those eggs. You're supporting small local farmers so there's i mean and that's just i mean this is just right by me and there is probably a hundred other farms in my club in my area that are doing this so having people look having your listeners you know look on yelp just look up farmers market or regenerative mm-hmm. farms or whatever it is and then go visit like mm-hmm. almost all of these places have times to come visit yeah come visit come see what mm-hmm. it's like and you can walk around And, you know, all of them, the places we've gone, they do farm tours. They want to tell you about it. This is their job and their passion. And they're doing things so much different than conventional farming. So I I totally encourage people. It's super fun. If you got kids, take your kids. They usually have petting zoos and like and then go spend some money. Go buy the eggs, go buy the meat, go buy the produce, whatever it is, and bring it home
0: Mm -hmm. and just
1: try something new. Because there's a, so much awesome, delicious food out there that you have no idea even exists. So it's like, right. Eh.
0: Mm-hmm. No, and I love that. And I love the fact that you touched on, you know, going out to visit our local farms. I know New Jersey, we're known as the garden state because we've got a lot of farmland in our area too. And there's farms yeah. everywhere. And so just going out, seeing how animals are being humanely raised um, supporting you know the local community and just having that visual, it really changes your impact on you know the way that we're eating, how we're eating, um, what we're eating, and again, just supporting local communities. So for those of you again, as Jake has shared as we're talking about it, go out, look up your local farmers market, see how you can go and support and be a part of this. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, contribution to our communities
1: yeah well it's I think one of our biggest problems as a society especially in the U.S. is that we believe in magic and what I mean by that is that everything magically appears and everything magically disappears so you go to the grocery store guess what your steaks it's not bloody it's clean the fats trimmed off of it it's in cellophane you go home, you cook it, you eat it, you throw the trash away, and you never see any of it. But it had to come from somewhere. Something had to die for you to eat it. Somebody had to harvest that animal. Somebody had to raise it. You consume yeah. it. Hopefully it's good. But then even your trash and stuff, that just magically floats away. And right. what we yeah. want to do is say, wait, 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 Both ends of the spectrum are really, really important. That to understand where your food comes from is impacts the planet, impacts you, And it also gives you an incredible appreciation for the thing that you're eating. And so Mm -hmm. whether like if you're somebody that hunts, and I think that's great people, you know, on the East coast, a lot of white tailed deer and stuff like that. Oh, don't kill it. No, no, no. Like that's good. And when you harvest an animal that way, nothing goes to waste. It's not something where you're like, bro, whatever. I'm just going to take the head off of it. And then I'm going to leave. No, no, no. I'm going to look when we have gone hunting before we harvest it. We keep everything. We want to eat it. We want to, we want to value the life that we took Mm
0: -hmm. and it is
1: dramatically impactful. It was to me Uh, to see that something had to die so
0: mm -hmm, that I could
1: eat it. And we're so disconnected from that in our society. You know, our grandparents our great grandparents. They weren't, they didn't live like this. They knew the butcher, they knew the farmer and all of that. So it, gives us a connection to our food that makes it more yeah. delicious that makes it more fun to eat and then it gives us like a little bit of a hobby because like you go to the farmers market or you go wherever and you I love it start asking questions hey what's your farm look like yeah. do you guys spray any chemicals on your on on your on your produce
0: mm-hmm. or hey what are
1: your what do your chickens eat
0: yes yeah,
1: where do, where do they live? What is it like for them? And people that are passionate about it are going to tell you, we do this and we do this and we never do that. And we always do this and this. And you go, oh, I'm so excited about this food. Now I'm going to go home and have some eggs because I feel like here are these guys at Happy Hens Farm are raising these eggs. Yeah. I'm excited to bring those home and eat them because I know where those chickens, you know, where they were hanging out or where primal pastures, the way that they were raising their chickens for meat, or at Sand and Straw, when you get the the produce, it's like I don't know what this produce thing. I don't know what this is. I never even heard of this before, and I yeah. have to look. At it, how do I make this into something delicious? And I don't want to waste it because I know the guy that pulled it out of the ground. There and you then, go. And then we don't want to waste it, so less goes into the landfill, and we maybe compost a little bit, or we're like, you know, and it just connects us, and that's kind of what we're made for. We're meant, meant to be connected. We're not meant to be just in the screen like this all the time. So, like, urgh, get into reality.
0: <laughs> I love that you mentioned that because it is. We are all interconnected. All of creation, you know, is connected in some way. Mm-hmm. And having that appreciation for, I think we've really gotten away from that, Jake. Like, we have totally, as you said, disconnected, you know, from that. I know in, in some cultures that whether they're hunting, whether they say a meditation or a prayer over the animal to show their gratefulness and appreciation for the life that was sacrificed in order that they could eat and provide for their families like we've totally gotten away from the appreciation you know of that as you mentioned
1: yeah yeah it's we just consume. And that's the thing is um, a lot of older other cultures are much better at
0: mm.
1: eating slowly, oh. of being together in community. This idea of fast food is a, you know, it's not good. We're not supposed to consume our food at the rate that we do. Mm-hmm. And most for prior to maybe in the last 50 or 60 years, community was all around the table. And so, yes because people were invested in it, they made the food, they made their bread, they raised the animals, they raised the produce, and then they sat together in community, and they enjoyed it, and that's part of our health and well-being, and there's a, there's, have you ever heard of anything called the blue zones before? Have you ever heard of this, like these, these blue zones in the world?
0: No, no, tell me about it, Jake.
1: Okay, this is the coolest thing, so they found, I don't know who found these, but these scientists started looking at places on the planet where people lived over the age of 100 and they were healthy. Mm-hmm. And then they said, okay, theres it's like Okinawa. It's in Italy. It's here in Loma Linda, California. It's in Costa Rica. So there's these five blue zones on the planet. And they started to study these and say, what are some common denominators that we have this? Because it's very different from Italy and Costa Rica and Loma Linda and, uh, uh, and Okinawa, I mean, huge differences. And so what they found out that is, there are some very simple common denominators. And one of them is, is they didn't eat a lot of meat. They, they weren't, you know, the, uh, uh, in Loma Linda, there are Seventh-day Adventists and Seventh-day Adventists are vegetarians and so, yes. or vegans. And so they, they don't, they don't, they don't eat any meat. Um, but the other places, they eat meat, but it's very like a special occasion.
0: Mm-hmm. So they don't meet,
1: eat meat every day. So in the US, generally, we're going to, nobody's died of a protein deficiency in like 80 <laughs> years. So we're not protein deficient, but we usually find the protein and then we create these sides around it.
0: Right. That's not
1: what they do. What everybody in these other places in the world that are living over the age of 100 is that meat is almost a side dish to them that the produce, the vegetables, the grains, the rice, those are all the primary and every once in a while they're getting the protein, but that's not just it. There's also community. So they talk about being in community with people and they tell stories of in the book, it was really interesting because he's telling the story about this, this guy in Costa Rica and they talk about, he's going to check on his mother and he's seeing all these things. And in my mind, I'm thinking this guy's maybe in his thirties or forties. Well, in the story, he's like 85 years old and his mother's like 107. And so every day, this guy that's in his eighties checks on his over hundred year old mother and they yeah. go and they have, and they all have their own little plot where they grow food. So they're, and they're, they're sharing it. And then almost every day they're going to the market um, and getting what they need. They don't go to Costco and buy three weeks worth of food and never see anybody. And then they're consuming and eating and cooking together. And then, so There's some just really basic things for people, like they need to have a purpose in life. That they need to be surrounded by uh, people in community. You need to eat food that's grown close to you, and then you need to eat it with people that you love. And this is creating this culture across the globe. Common denominators, you know that this is this is what's uh, how they're living. So it didn't matter as much of like. In Okinawa, they ate way more rice than they did in Costa Rica. Or in Italy, they ate more sheep cheese and no rice and all these things. These were the threads of the common denominators for folks that were producing people that were living healthy and viable and energetic lives over the age of 100. And guess what? How much of that do we do in the US?
0: Mm, not much at all. Pretty much none.
1: And so to be able to like, how do we integrate this in our community? So whether that's at your church or you in the senior centers or your neighbors, like get together. And that's the thing Mm -hmm. during COVID that I saw. I had hundreds of COVID patients. Yeah. And the people that did the worst were the people that were living in isolation, that were eating crummy food and watching the news all day. Those were the people that were the sickest. Wow. And, and and this is the hard thing, right? Because I'm sure everybody reads, well, what science says, what science says, science is baloney right now because I can make science say whatever I want it to say. So all of this is through my observation. And you can't argue with my observation because it's yeah. what I've seen, it's, it's what I've experienced. It's not something in a lab. This is just me going to work and observing people and going, You're unhealthy, why? And looking around and going. Mm-hmm well, you haven't, it doesn't look like you've eaten real food in how long, or I even ask questions. Yo, know, what are you doing? I just watch right.
0: news. Yeah. I stop
1: watching the news and go for a walk. Like, eat a salad, bowl Man. of soup, something. <laughs> like find a friend. <laughs> Do you want to be healthy? This is the thing, right? That's so, right. That's, that's part of it.
0: Now, that's all so, so good, Jake. And again, it's just um, being aware And I know that again, with um, individuals like yourself that, that have the passion to go into community and to bring joy with the joy bus and to let people know that eating healthy can be an adventure and that there is an alternative way that you don't have to live with many of the sicknesses that you live with by making some simple choices that are going to be a, a benefit to you, to be a benefit to our community, and just having those those connections. And so for those that are listening out there, Jake, that want to bring some joy into their life um, through the joy bus and through the work that you do, where can people find you out there on the web?
1: Yeah, thanks. Uh you can go to Joybus Journey or Joybus Journeys. I own both of them.com. So joybusjourneys.com. Uh you can go on Instagram and just look up Joy Bus Journey on there and on Facebook on there too. So uh, and then you can go to YouTube. So if you go to YouTube and type in Joy Bus Journey, you're gonna see about 30 different episodes that we have, and we do anything from indoor skydiving to going to sand and straw to going to other restaurants that are out there. And you know, we visited this sounds funny. The health food show, we visited California's number one donut shop because they're doing donuts different. They're doing it healthy. They got gluten-free and vegan and they're sourcing. So you don't mm-hmm. want to eat a donut every day, but if you're going to eat a donut, you're going to want to go to JD flannel donuts because it was mm-hmm. California's number one rated donut and they're doing awesome, delicious food. So I'm not saying, you know, you got to eat slimy tofu. So anyways, yeah. joybusjourney.com go and check it out. I definitely would ask like if anybody goes on to YouTube, like comment, subscribe, that just helps me in the algorithm, follow me on Instagram. So posting fun, entertaining stuff all the time about food and nutrition and health and well-being, and just something that you're going to feel good when you look at and you watch that you're going to feel like, oh, that was actually really helpful for me. So that's where everybody can find me. You can sign up for a newsletter I have on joybusjourney.com. And when a new episode comes out, you're going to get an email from me and you're going to be able to get in and check out.
0: Awesome. Well, Jake, It has been my joy to host you you on the show today. It was a lot of fun. And I wish you um, many, many more continued adventurous journeys as you are spreading the message of health, hope, and joy. So it was great having you today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was a ton of fun.
0: Uh, Take care, Jake. Thank you. For speaking engagements, health tips, and total health education and inspiration, visit RockYourWorldNaturally.com and on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube, Rock Your World Naturally and on Twitter, Rock Your World 28.